Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks very much for joining us. We promised we'd have something after the winter meetings, and obviously there's a lot to talk about. Um, this has been a very big week. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't start by um, wishing sincere condolences to the Hoff family. Um, tremendous, tremendous loss uh, to the baseball world, forget only the race organization. Uh, Jimmy is a, was a person who um, was a better man than he was a baseball man, and that's saying a lot. Um, he loved the game. He loved helping people. He is going to be sorely, sorely missed, and uh, my sincere condolences to Brian and Matthew, his sons, and the rest of the Hoff family, uh, and obviously to the Rays family. Um, as far as what went on this week, um, the talk of the Rays pending a physical, getting Charlie Morton, uh, certainly a big deal. Um, the talk of uh, them trading for Yandy Diaz, moving Jake Bowers, obviously another big deal. Um, and then I have a special interview as well. So here's here's how this podcast is going to go. You'll hear from High and Bloom in a little bit on first the Yandy Diaz trade. And then I have a special interview with Brent Honeywell. Brent actually threw at the trop this week. Um, so I thought it would be great for you to hear from him as he works his way back on the comeback trail. Uh, but we begin with uh, the senior vice president of the Rays, Haim Bloom, and we certainly appreciate his time. Haim, thanks very much for joining us. Let's first start on the uh, the trade. Yanni Diaz, Jake Bowers, give us your take on uh, uh, why you made it and why it'll help. Yanni Diaz is a player that we have liked for some time. Um, we tried different ways to acquire him, um, you know, over the last year or so, um, and we were able to line up today to do that uh you know obviously the we, we had to give up a player that we feel uh, strongly about in jake bowers but we think going forward uh we also feel strongly about yandy we like his bat we like the, the fact that he has some positional versatility uh and you know hitting from the right side it, it, it balances our lineup let's start with the right side aspect um you know the top two teams you're competing with in the division the yankees and red sox are now very heavily left-handed in the rotation i know that Hap is an official for the Yankees, but if they have him, it's Sabathia and uh, and James Paxton. If it's the Red Sox, it's Sale, Price, Eduardo Rodriguez. You can even throw Brian Johnson in that mix. How important is it to have that balance for this group right now based on the teams that you're facing nearly 40 times in a given year? Well, it's a factor. You know, I think it would be a factor if those teams had, had not acquired, you know, even more left-handed pitching. Uh, but obviously we, we are going to have to face a lot of lefties. We face them in the rotation, and of course you face them late in the game when teams start to match up. And, uh, you know, just being able to have a balanced lineup, uh, you know, guys you can hit who can do different things at 
plate, uh, something that should make us stronger. Let's touch on Yadi Diaz a little more. Where does he fit in? Is he is he play first? Does he play third? Does he play outfield? Where can he play? You mentioned his versatility. Primarily, he plays third and first. Uh, he has you know he played second base as an amateur. Uh, he's played the outfield a little bit uh, in pro ball, uh, but primarily, you know, he's a corner infielder, uh, and we actually like him on, on both sides of the infield. Obviously, our, our current group has a lot of guys who can play third base very capably, uh, but it's nice to have another option. It just gives Kevin more in his toolbox, you know, on a given day uh, to be able to rest guys appropriately, to be able to do different things to match up. Um, so, you know, we like the fact that he can play both corners. You know, fans may look at this and say Diaz is the older player than Jake Bowers. Is this win now, or is this more just a guy who is 27 but hasn't had the chance to play every day that you like similarly to Bowers? Yeah, he is older. Um, obviously, you know, that's something you factor in. Uh, but he is, he's also a guy that we have under control for a while. So from a standpoint of fitting in with this group that, that we're building, uh, we think he does that. And, you know, even though he's older, he has not really had the opportunity uh, to play regularly at the major league level and show what he can do. Uh, his minor league track record is very good, uh, and it kind of fits into the vein of what we've been doing, you know, over the last year plus of, of giving guys who had earned a chance to play at the major league level, giving them that runway to do it. You know, obviously, whether it's a young player like we did with Switch Haker with Willie Adamas last year, whether, you know, it's a player uh, on his way up like a Brandon Lau, or whether it's a guy like Joey Wendell, who was also an older player uh, who had uh, not yet had that chance to establish himself and we were able to give him that chance. And look what he did with it. Um, you know, that, that all fits in the vein of what we've been trying to do. Um, so recognizing that we're subtracting somebody who, who fit in that group with Jake, we feel that Yandi, uh, you know, fits that just as well. Huge physical specimen. Um, but he hasn't been a home run hitter. He's been a line drive, doesn't strike out, probably similar to Jake's profile in his early portion of his career at the minor league level. Can he eventually become a power guy? I think there's always that possibility. That's not something we're banking on with this acquisition. We like his bat as is. As you point out, he hits the ball really hard. Um, he puts the ball in play. Those are both things we really like. Anytime you take a guy who hits the ball as hard as he does, who's as strong as he is, there's always a possibility for them to come into more power. And we've seen it happen. There's notable examples around the league. Uh, but as is, you know, we like his bat. I, I would view that as upside. Um, but what we're getting is a really good hitter, uh, you know, with a track record who, who just needs a chance to, to prove himself at the major league level. That said, how hard was it to give uh, to, to move on from Jake? Because, you know, I think it was probably several weeks ago you guys saw him, or at least mentioned, hey, he's our first baseman for now. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, this is the tough part of the business. Um, you know, we obviously we got Jake, Jake in the trade four years ago, and it's been nothing but a pleasure having him uh, and, you know, watching him progress in his career and, and being the organization with whom he debuted in the major leagues. Very satisfying. There's a lot of people that had a hand in that. Uh, Jake's a special guy, um, and we know how good the, the atmosphere was around our club, you know, especially down the stretch. And Jake was a huge part of that. Uh, that's something that, again, it makes you swallow hard. Uh, we didn't want to walk past something that we ultimately thought was a better fit for our roster. Um, but it is, uh, you know, it, it, it is something that gnaws at you. Uh, we're going to miss him. We wish him well. And then the other piece of this deal that you got, um, how does Corey Salser fit in? Is is he potentially a, a guy who could fit in your bullpen mix in 2019? Yeah, Cole's a little bit under the radar. Um, but came on very strong towards the end of the year. He's had some injury issues in his career, uh, you know, seems to be seems to have rebounded from those. 
uh, and towards the end of the year, uh, you know, his stuff picked up. He started to throw the slider a little more, uh, became a lot more effective doing it. Uh, so we're excited to get our hands on him and see if we can continue the growth that he showed in 2018. Um, you know, not someone who uh, I think is on many people's radar and also a little bit older, but we do see some upside there for him to contribute. And this doesn't preclude any other offensive, potential offensive additions to your group? No, I think if anything, it might just, uh, you know, give us the ability to explore more options. The fact that, you know, we got a guy in Yandi who we feel very strongly about who has that positional versatility, I think it, it doesn't foreclose any of the possibilities that uh, were open previously, and it might allow us to explore some new ones. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, um, Sam McWilliams, Rule 5, are, are you, obviously you don't want to lose anyone, but the fact that you lost only one, is that some solace in that? Yeah, um, like you said, we never want to lose anybody. We recognize, you know, we've worked very hard to build up our, the depth in our system uh, over the last several years. Uh, when you are deep, you're not going to be able to protect everybody, and you're at risk of losing some players. Uh, we're hopeful that we get them back, um, but these are, you know, some of the hard choices that we have to make and then live with, uh, live with the outcomes. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously torn between wishing Sam well and also hoping that he ends up back in our uniform because we'd like to continue forward with him. Uh, but, you know, the roster limitations did, did lead to some tough choices. Totally understand that, Haim. Uh, hopefully you get a few winks on the plane back to uh, Tampa Bay, and I know lots of work still to do, so we appreciate some time. You got it, Neil. Thank you. That is Senior Vice President of the Rays, Haim Bloom, and we certainly appreciate his time. Since I was in Tampa Bay uh, at Tropicana Field, I had a chance to sit down with one Brent Honeywell, talk with him about his uh, – Efforts to return to the field, uh, if you saw his Instagram and his Twitter, uh, he got back off a mound in Port Charlotte um, last week. And then on Tuesday, he made his first trip to the Tropicana Field Mound and threw off that mound as well. And after he did his workout, I had a chance to catch up with him and talk about uh, what it meant to finally be back off the mound uh, first time since February. I mean, it's, that's something you can't really put into words just because it's like that's that's my home, man. Like that's where that's where I live. That's what I live for. Uh, after the fact, I was driving home and the hair stood up on the back of my neck. That's what I was talking to Joey about. Hair stood up on the back of my neck because I'm thinking of 2019. I'm gonna be pitching in the big leagues at some point in time. Um, I'm off the mound. All of this stuff that I've been doing, it's it's gonna it's gonna pan out. You know, it's like I'm not doing it because I love the game of baseball. I'm doing it because I want to pitch in the big leagues. I want to get the best out. You know, I, w- I want to win. I want to help this club win in 2019. We, we're going to win a bunch of games in 2019. I want to help. Did it feel weird, though, the first time? Because it had been a while since you'd been off the mountain. It had been, what, eight months? Uh, it was, let's see. Nine? It was like, yeah, it was more towards the back end of nine. Um, it didn't necessarily feel weird. I think the the weird feeling was the dirt under my spikes. You know, I'm I'm on an incline. And it's like, I'm, I'm back, dude. This is my home, man. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then it's just like riding a bike. It's like me and Jose were talking about earlier. You know, today was, I think, his first day throwing change-ups. It was my second day throwing change-ups. So, you know, I, I told him, he was like, hey, first one. I was like, dude, it's like riding a bike, man. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. Did it mean a little more after that to come over to the Trop and get to pitch in this ballpark where obviously you strive to be at some point? Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime I can get the chance to come up here, I'd be more than happy to come up. Um, but the thing is, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm sort of at a, at a point in time where it's like, I don't want to 
fix nothing that ain't broke. So me and me and me and Joel and the training staff, the whole training staff, man, they've, they've been, they they're they're in our corner. So it's like you know what do you do? You know you don't want to deviate from the path that you're on because it's working so well at the time, or you know just say hey let's go, it's bullpen time. To get off the mound to start throwing regular bullpens, does it feel like almost another step has been crossed? Like you're in kind of like the back nine of a golf course or whatever it may be? Absolutely. Uh, that's another thing me and Greeny were talking about today. It was, um, you know, it's it's like I'm starting to see the light a little bit. You know, I'm starting to get towards the end here. You know, I still got a couple more months, but these couple of months ain't going to be nothing compared to what I put in to get to where I'm at. Um, and what everyone has put in to help me get where I'm at. So it's it's like it's it's right there. I can't grab it yet, but it's right there. You mentioned the training staff, who also has been extremely helpful throughout the process because it's not an easy process to go through, and you're not going through it alone. Well, I think the number one thing is is the mindset when you go in. I've talked, I've had, I've talked with Johnny, I've talked with uh, DeLeon, I've talked with Eva, I've talked with with all these guys, and they've helped me talk. They've helped talk me through it. Tell me, you know, what you would probably feel if what you won't feel or what you shouldn't feel, all those stuff. But the training staff, I mean, you got Joel Smith, Shin, Aaron Scott, Pete, um, you got Marty Demerit. I mean. The, Everyone has put forth the effort to get me back to where I'm at right now, and and I mean the number one thing that I'm seeing is they they want me in the big leagues. They want they want me here. So it's like everything that I, I that I'm doing now, it's all the credits due to the people that are helping me behind the scenes, such as as Pat Weiss, Dan, all those guys, the strength coaches. I mean everyone. What's been the hardest part, the mental or the physical, to get through this so far? Uh, definitely not the mental part of it because either you you got one chance to do this. Either you do it right, you pitch in the big leagues, or you don't, you go home. So pick one. I think my my thing is that I want to pitch in the big leagues. Um, you know, it's physically – I'm probably physically in the best shape I've been in 23 years. Um, all, like I said, with all the help surrounding me, everybody in my corner, it's, it, they, they made it very easy for me, and that's that's the thing that – I took to that I took from them was that you know they're helping us. It's just, just make, they're here to make things like this easier for guys that are getting put in these kind of situations, and they're they're doing a hell of a job, man. They really are. Where are you stronger? Where are you in better shape now than let's say you were before the injury happened? Uh, physically and mentally. I mean, it's tough to, you know, I, I I go I can remember like it was yesterday. I had Art standing behind me in spring training. I'm trying to make the team first day. You know, that's that's just how I am. I'm throwing 150% day one. I'm trying to make the club. And then the worst possible thing happens. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm walking back into the clubhouse and I'm telling myself, like, pick your pick your lip up off the ground, dude. Like, this is what – this you signed up for this. Like, this is part of it. So there's guys here that are going to help you get to where you're trying to go from here. Like, these are, these are the things that go unspoken, in my opinion, is that – all of these guys here surrounding us are here to help us. And that they've, they've made it, like I said, they've made it very easy on me. But physically and mentally, I'm stronger because of what happened in 2018. And in the physical part, are you stronger in your core, your your shoulders? Where do you where do you notice the biggest difference? Probably just lower, lower body. Lower body, upper body. Just physically, I've trimmed. Um, I've trimmed and gained. 
Wait, so like that's the that's the telltale sign with me because it's you know I went home and everybody's like wow you know you looks like you you look good you looks like you lost a couple of pounds and I've gained like seven nine so I mean it's I'm in the weight room especially early on in the process I mean you're in the weight room three days a week repping out a total body workout three days three times a week and it's like you know you get a break you take it you know that's that's how I've worked my whole program if you get a break. You take it. If they tell you to go home for three days and come back in three days, go home for three days and come back. So, so you know, you gotta you gotta listen to what they're saying to get to where you're going, and that's the reason why I'm stronger to this point. And to this point, has your family been through all this? Oh, dude, it's phenomenal. I mean, my brother, my brother's had Tommy John. He had Tommy John when he was 15 years old, 15 or 16 years old, and you know, I talked to him. We laugh about it, honestly. You know, it's like, what do you, you know? I told him the other day, you know, I sent him the video of me throwing off the mountain. He was like, well, how'd that feel? I was like, dude, I mean, like, riding a bike again? And he's like, yeah. He was like, just, he's like, listen to what your body's telling you. And I and I got like a 18-year-old kid telling me to listen to my body, you know. what I'm So, but, I mean, my dad, you know, he's not, he's he hasn't, you know, being him, it's a, world's, my world's biggest critic. That's my dad. And my dad is, I'm, I'm proud of you. You know, he's like, look. This is what it takes to get to where you're going. Um, you're going to have to do what you have to do on your end and let the other guys hold up their end, and they will because they need you in the big leagues. That's just how it is. Um, he says they're going to do it. They want you there. He says, hell, I want you there. Um, I think everybody wants to see you in pitching the big leagues because they know, they know what you can do. Um, but my mom, same thing. My mom's a physical therapist, so she kind of knows the – the lingo and knows the role of what goes into him. And like I said, she saw it with my younger brother. Um, my dad saw it with my younger brother. So I, I think it was a lot easier on them this time to have a kid go up under the knife. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, my grandparents are my biggest supporter. All my grandparents are my biggest supporters. Aunts, uncles, everybody. You know, they're all in my corner. My girlfriend's mom, the, her family, you know, they're, they're all pulling for me. And that's you – can't, you can't wish for any more – than that right there. I mean, that to me is, it's big. That's what, that's what, has, that's what drives me family, man. That's, that's it. That's Brent Honeywell. And we certainly appreciate his time, that of Heim Bloom. Of course, uh, as further things develop, we'll have more podcasts coming up uh, with you. Um, we'll have more on our blog, raceradio.moblogs.com. Thanks very much for being with us. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you soon.